0: Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday Hump Day edition of the show. A lot to get to like normal. Plenty of BYU basketball and football news to talk about. and another member of our all-decade team for the BYU football program from the 2010s. We'll run that down for you. Also talk some BYU football with BYU safeties coach Preston Hadley. Had a chance to speak with him exclusively one-on-one. You'll hear that conversation today and we'll also catch up with uh, some of the news and notes out of BYU basketball practice from yesterday as well. Today's show brought to you by our good friends over at Spavia and Sandy. They're helping you get ready for Valentine's Day just a few days away. We'll talk about what they're offering our listeners here in just a little bit. And with that rundown out of the way, let's get it going. This is Locked on Cougars for February 12th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on your daily podcast, Focus on All Things BYU Sports with Locked On Cougars. This podcast is available everywhere podcasts are to be found. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play Store. So make sure you download the show, hit the follow or subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode as we talk BYU sports each and every day. And thanks in advance for your continued support of the podcast. Let's start things off today talking some BYU basketball. I think the big topic this week with BYU headed to Southern California is how much uh, or how little Gavin Baxter will play over the next few weeks as he tries to work himself back into shape. Uh, Mark Pope was speaking to the media yesterday during his an- weekly media availability and had some interesting thoughts uh, about uh, Gavin Baxter and his fitness level to this point point. and it's going to take some time for Baxter to finally get back into game shape. He's been out of basketball for about four months now so he's got to just get himself back into shape and be able to play more than spot duty minutes for BYU if he really wants to be the Factor, the rim protector that BYU wants him to be. Well, Mark Pope spoke to the media yesterday as part of his media availability. He talked about Gavin Baxter and just his overall thoughts on getting him back into shape and what he's able to do at this point as he returns to action.
1: He was awesome, Nate, but he got really tired, man. We did a little just a junk scrimmage at the end for six minutes and two minutes in. That Gav was about to pass out. So uh, he's, he's, he's working really hard and he's going to, you know, he's going to artistically figure out his way to roll into this, uh... Into this rotation, he's going to really help us. There's going to be moments when he'll help us. There's going to be times when everybody looks at him and they're like, "Man, Gavin Baxter is not helping us." But when moments, you know, in a few big moments, he's going to make a huge difference for us. We're excited to have him.
0: There you go, Mark Pope on Gavin Baxter, and he's got to work his way back into shape. Him not being able to play more than two minutes without uh, gasping for air in a six-minute scrimmage that shows he's got some. He's got some work to do to get himself into game shape to play extensive minutes. But he can offer something that no other player on BYU's roster can offer right now and I obviously understand why they want to get him back well Chris Burgess joined DJ and PK in the morning the show I'm executive producer for on the zone sports network and talked about the importance of getting Gavin Baxter back why he decided to ultimately burn his red shirt with just over a month in the season remaining well here you go Uh, Chris Burgess talking about Gavin Baxter and what he can offer to the BYU basketball program yesterday on the zone sports network
1: He's going to help us. He adds depth. He adds a different dimension. Um, I think it's pretty well known that, you know, in terms of, like, we're a big analytical and numbers team. Where we really struggle is rim protection and offensive rebounding. I think he's going to bring that element. It's going to take some pressure off Yoli, um, who's getting two guys to box him out um, on the the offensive glass. So he's going to bring that. He's just got to, like, I don't want to say he's like a return missionary type protocol, but he's just got to get himself. You know back in shape and flow with the offense and flow with the defense um, you know his body moving cutting and things like that like I've been able to kind of do individual workouts with him uh, over the last couple months uh, but no contact he got cleared about a couple about a week and a half ago to do some contact so he's just still in this you know early stages of getting his confidence back in himself like the other night you know there was a shot that was taken and, you know, the old Gavin or the Gavin before his injury would have, you know, sent that to the third row, right? And he was just a step late or a half-second half second late, six inches low from blocking it. And then, you know, there's a couple shots in the offense where he, he didn't even look at the rim, right? So he's just got to get more comfortable. And it's going to take that first basket at that first block or that first man's rebound where he's going to start believing. And then when he does, right, he's going to work himself back into this lineup because, again, he adds depth. He allows us to, uh, to, you know, especially come WCC tournament, we're, we're either going to play two or three games in three days. Um, and so he's going to add another dimension, and we're excited about him. He's all in. He wants to play. So the right year done, and, and we expect him to be a part of this um this run we're trying to make.
0: So there you go, Gavin Baxter, he's a true rim protector. His athleticism is unmatched, I think by most guys on BYU's roster, and it's obvious that the coaching staff wants to get him back to full health and be able to contribute at a high level as soon as possible, but it will take some time for him to get back to where he can play extensive minutes for the BYU basketball program. And it's a, I think it's a fantastic thing for the Cougars to be able to look at a guy like this and say, "You know what? This guy wants to buy in. He wants to contribute. And he wants to be a part of this team." Even he's burning a year of eligibility he's burning a red shirt he could easily just sit down and say you know what I'm going to sit out the rest of the season and preserve this year I think it says a lot about a guy like Gavin Baxter understands the importance of this season for BYU basketball and he wants to be a part of it Uh, additionally BYU defensively is really kind of where they're going to make their hay and Chris Burgess talked to DJ and PK yesterday a little bit about that and why the focus and how the focus has really changed for BYU this year on the defensive side of the basketball
1: the day, first day we got here I remember when I got the job here Cody Fieger and I were sitting with coach and, and we were looking at last year's team and some of the numbers behind guarding spot ups guarding the three point line and, and certain things were like we got work to do like they were you know bottom half or bottom 15% in guarding the spot ups or guarding ball screens or guarding the roll man and so we kind of looked all the numbers in the film and they So that was the first thing we talked about. And that was the first thing coach said, we had to get these guys. So we were very fortunate to have that European trip. And we started working with them every single day and we just kind of started holding them accountable. And, um, and but we worked on footwork every single day with our strength coach, and everything he was doing in the weight room, around on the agility was, was translated to, to the court, and I think that really helped. And then it, and then it took you know like we got energy guys like Zach Sellis and Dalton, and they're taking charges, they're doing things that that, that make you want to guard. And you know, the, like you said, the last few games, there's you know we, we there's some been some eighty point games, and if you look at like you know the Ken Palm analytics, like we're, like this off offense conference. You know, Gonzaga's ranked number one in adjusted offense. We're ranked fifth. St. Mary's ranked twelfth. Um, San Francisco's ranked in the top hundred. And then Pepperdine's right there. So we played some really offensive-minded teams, but we also know, like, if we want to go or we want, what we want to do, we know we can score. We know we can shoot with anybody. We know we can score 80 points, 85 points. But there's just going to be a game, and it's probably going to be on the road or in the West Coast Conference tournament. We're we're going to have to rely on our defense, and we're going to have to get some stops. So we're we're keenly aware and focused in on our defense these last couple of weeks. And even though you know we gave up 76 points, um, San Francisco, we felt like we really guarded in the first half. We just got to put. We just got to put two halves together because Gonzaga's coming in a couple weeks, and that's an offensive juggernaut. And we know to beat them, we're going to have to guard. So, but the guys are buying in. They're being held accountable. we got good depth. If guys don't want to guard or guys don't want to box out or guys don't want to keep their men in front, we're just going to take them out. Or we're going to put dudes in there that, that want to do that because we got so many guys who can score. That's not our issue. Um, our issue is staying locked in on the defensive end, whether we're up 20 or we're up 2 or we're down 10.
0: There you go. BYU knows where if they want to get where they want to be, they have to defend and that's a good mentality to have. I like what Chris Burgess had to say there. This coaching staff has really had these players buy into it. They've preached it to them all offseason long. You heard him talk about the fact beginning with that European trip they took to Italy, they started working then and BYU really, they feel like they're going to make their hay on the defensive side of the basketball as compared to outscoring teams on offense. This is a gifted team offensively. There is no doubt about that. This team can get can get buckets. That's It's no problem for them to score. But they understand if we want to get where we want to go, and that means winning games in the postseason, in the NCAA tournament in particular, they've got to make their hay on the defensive side of the basketball. And it's good to hear that the players, you obviously can see that they're buying into this. They can do a little bit better. They're not necessarily defending at, at an extremely high clip. They're still allowing 70 plus points, was, which is mildly concerning. But I think that the team understands that they have to be on point defensively if they they want to have success and that's a fantastic thing. So we'll make sure to keep you updated on everything going on with BYU basketball. Obviously this is an exciting time of year with BYU on track to make the NCAA tournament. We're looking forward to covering them and obviously we'll make sure that we have everything covered for you top to bottom when it comes to the basketball program. We're excited for that because this is just the time of year that you you get excited because March Madness is on the horizon. And it's fun when your team, and we're speaking of BYU f- basketball here, it's fun when your team is definitely in the mix to make the NCAA tournament. And we'll see what happens with the Cougars. It's an exciting time. And I think that they're on track. That, oh, okay, I don't have to think they're on track. You can look at any of the national prognosticators. They've got BYU on track to make the NCAA tournament. That would be a fun thing to see BYU accomplish this season. All right, we'll switch gears here in just a second. Talk some BYU football with Preston Hadley. BYU safeties coach, a guy who loves talking about his position group, guys that he's recruited, obviously guys that are coming back, and his position group got hit heavy due to graduations uh, this past season. He'll talk about some of the replacements potentially coming up this spring in spring football and on into the offseason. We'll get to that here in just a second. Before we do that, though, our sponsor on today's show is our good friends at Spavia. They are located at 10261 South State Street in Sandy, Utah, and what they're offering to every one of our listeners is the five-star resort spa experience and anybody can experience it i have to stay in a, stay at that five-star resort it's a fantastic fantastic offer guys i visited there recently got a massage and as i said previously it is the best massage i have ever had in my life they offer a myriad of different types of massages sports massages hot stone uh whatever you want deep tissue massages deep tissue man i couldn't go for it. i went with the sports massage and that was enough for me but whatever you guys need in the, in the spa game in terms of facials massages Spavia has it taken care of for you and obviously Valentine's Day your mind starts turning towards your significant other how you can make sure they're taken care of know that they're loved well they're offering an exclusive package to our Locked On Cougars listeners right now if you buy two gift cards you get a third of equal value on Spavia so you buy two $50 gift cards you get an additional $50 gift card as a gift from Spavia It is the best deal. they're offering anybody during this Valentine's Day season. So check it out, guys. Give them a call. 801-424-7566. Mention you're a Locked On Cougars listener and they'll put together the perfect package for your special Valentine and make sure you have the best experience with it. Score points with your Valentine and give the gift of ultimate relaxation and pampering. Give the gift of Spavia. Once again, give them a call. 801-424-7566 and let Spavia know you're a listener of Locked On Cougars and that way they can take care of you. Make sure you're Valentine. You score big on Valentine's Day. Alright guys, Preston Hadley is BYU safeties coach. One of my favorite interviews on this team. We uh, talked with Eric Mateos yesterday on the podcast, but Preston Hadley is another one of the guys I really enjoy talking to. Not afraid to state his opinion, really let you know what he thinks of the BYU football program and his safeties group in particular. I had a chance to speak with him one-on-one after signing day last week. Talk about BYU safeties group, which was hit pretty heavily due to graduations. You think of guys like Sawyer Powell, Austin Lee, uh, Diane Gonwolek, who had who all graduated well he's got some rebuilding to do in that position group and he talked about that as well as the guys that signed with BYU in this signing class what they might be able to provide in terms of BYU depth wise in the secondary as a whole not just uh, safety but also cornerback so here you go without further ado Preston Hadley exclusively one-on-one with myself Jay Catch right here on Locked on Cougars. What
2: do you think of this class? I guess the guys that are coming into your group in particular.
3: Um, I feel really good about all the, the skill kids on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've improved our team athleticism, team speed, and just I think we found multiple playmakers on both sides of the ball. You know? And so um, I, I'm really excited about that and just the potential that we'll have moving forward with these guys. You played
2: here. I know Ben Crittle standing over as well. You guys kind of played the same era. How's the team speed now compared to the team speed back then? Does that make sense?
3: Yeah, I, I think um, the recruiting now is different than what was than it was then. Mm-hmm. I think you know, every, every, as a coach, you have your different things that are like your, you know, like your deal. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's like tackling, speed, height. You know, size, whatever it might be, you know. So I I think though the the team speed in general is improved from when I was a part of the program as a player, and it's just something that we've emphasized, you know. And uh, now we're we're trying to continue to add just more playmakers, you know, uh, to supplement some of the development guys that we've been recruiting, and I think we we did that this class. We saw a number of defensive
2: backs on that on the sheet today of the enrollees versus guys who also have signed with the program. Was that an emphasis or is that just how things kind of panned out in this recruiting class?
3: just kind of went that way you know like what was you know we found best available i think we ended up signing or bringing in a total of seven defensive backs and yes we're, we're miles davis is with us you know so he's in that oh, so you
2: will start at db okay i
3: mean it's, it's, i don't know that's what i'm saying though okay. you know okay. we'll see what the head coach says yeah. <laughs> so um but no he, he could be receiver or db I, I was just joking around but Um, No, just a a lot of those kids are LDS players. And uh, sometimes it's just about finding the best LDS kids available, uh, regardless of what position they are. And then there was also a need at some other positions. And so um, just finding good players, you know, like as we go out recruiting and we go through the schools and a coach says, hey, I got a guy like this guy can play. And I think he's a, a good fit for you. You know, and and as we evaluate as a staff, you know, like it's just about finding best available. And just seven of those guys that we came across happen to be DBs. I wanted to ask you about Ty Burke, a kid here locally
2: who played a myriad of positions in high school. What does he bring to the table?
3: Uh, Ty, I think he's he's a great combination of, of size, of length, and speed. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's probably just under 6'1", I would say, and I think right now he's ranked as the number one uh, 100-meter time heading into uh, track this season you know he he missed most of his junior year and so I think that's part of the reason why I think he was maybe a little under recruited maybe a little underrated Mm -hmm. maybe in some of the eyes of of some people but his versatility being able to play on both sides of the ball um, his high school team used him as a deep threat I think he had like 45 catches for over 800 yards and so like they were definitely using him as a down the field threat And uh, he has ball skills, you know, and so I think those are some of the characteristics that you look for in safety Um, And uh, again, he'll have time on his mission I'm sure he'll grow and fill out a little bit more and once he gets in the program and and we're really able to develop him, I, I think he'll end up being a really solid player for us You have to
2: replace Austin in particular position, but also Diane spent time at safety Give me some
3: big shoes to fill there. What do you expect? Yeah, those are uh, those are big holes to fill. Also
2: Sawyer, I guess also. That point, yeah,
3: Sawyer, <laughs> Sawyer played a lot. Bo Tanner played yeah. a lot. You know, Cafenses played a lot. So there's some there's a lot of holes in the back end to fill. Um, but we have a lot of good talent coming back, and I feel really confident in in some of these uh, these these this class that that we've signed to come in right away. And so that's it'll be good. Spring ball will be good. Um, a lot of competition. Um, I'm imagining I'm assuming there'll probably be maybe a few position changes to just add more competition to various positions on the defense, you know. So re- really hard guys to uh, to replace though. Really hard, but it's like next man up, he's got to pick up the rifle, you know, and same deal. We were saying this 2 years ago when you know they moved, you know, when Zane got moved to to linebacker, and, you know, it's like everyone was questioning Austin Lee if he could do it. And now he, you know, arguably one of the best safeties that have come through BYU in a really long time. So,
2: You mentioned position changes. Spring traditionally is the time to give guys a shot at new positions. How do you guys weigh a guy who you're, like, saying, okay, this is a permanent change versus we're going to try this out? Does that make sense?
3: Yeah, um, I think part of it is just based on uh, his his abilities Mm -hmm. in – what the position requires you know and so you look back in the season and kind of you look back at like the position like okay we were kind of like lacking this as a unit or uh, maybe this person would fit there and so uh sometimes you know really when you're doing a position change I, I don't like to look at things as an experiment I'm like no we're making this move and like we're preparing you for the fall and if it works out great if it doesn't work out then you know, you go from there. You know, if, if maybe he's better fit, uh, better suited to play another position. So, um, yeah, I don't don't really look at it as like an experiment. Per, me personally, yeah. you know, I can't speak on behalf of everybody else, but um, that's that's just the the, uh, the thought process there. I think. Preston, thanks so much. Absolutely.
0: There you go. Preston Hadley talking position changes, and it's going to be an interesting time. I like that he has the mentality, of, if you're going to make a position change during spring ball and join my group, we're looking at it as being a permanent deal for you. You will be with us for the long term. I think that's the right mentality to have if you're a position coach, because it instills confidence in these young men when they make a position change, because it can be really unnerving. They've played a position maybe their entire life, and other coaching staff is saying, hey, we think you're a better fit at this position. We want you to buy and hold There are guys who won't do it. There are guys who transfer. We saw this at the University of Utah just recently. Jason Shelley has been a quarterback his entire life. He made the move to safety, defensive back, in the lead-up to their bowl game in the Alamo Bowl. But just recently, last week, announced he's entering the NCAA transfer portal. And according to his father, he wants to play quarterback. So there are guys who will entertain the idea of position changes but aren't necessarily open to it if that makes sense. The other guys who just want to get on the field and they're willing to do whatever it takes to do that and I think there's a number of those guys in the BYU football program and it will be interesting to see with the Cougars if they can uh, find the right guys and put them in the right positions to succeed. I think safety is a position that you have to have the ability to be a quarterback on the field in essence on the defense, be able to call things out from the defensive backfield and understand everything in front of you and how it works. It's a very interesting position, and you have to be able to handle all of that, and I think Preston Hadley's mentality on position changes for BYU, I think it's the right way to go about it. If you're going to make a change in spring ball, we're acting as if it's permanent, and we're going to work with you to make sure you're in the best position to succeed, and I think that's the right mentality. It will be interesting to see ultimately during spring ball which guys do move positions, but it sounds like the mentality, if Preston Hadley's mentality rubs off on the other position coaches, I think that's the right way to go about it. About it. I was speaking with somebody close to the BYU football program recently, and it sounds like decisions on position changes for BYU football players are now at the sole discretion of Kalani Satake. In the past, guys like Ed Lamb, some of their assistant coaches, could go to young men and say, hey, we'd like you to try you the." This- try you out at this position, it sounds like Kalani Sitake has taken over that job. He's talking to these young men saying, hey, I think you're a better fit at this position and I think that's the right way to go about it. Have the head coach who has recruited all these young men, they've come to play for this guy and their position coaches, obviously, but Kalani Sitake is in charge of this program overall and he needs to be in charge of it and if he is going to be approaching these young men and telling them, hey, I'd like you to try this position, I think that's the right way to go about it because I think it instills confidence in these young men that their head coach the guy who is leading the entire program who their play is a direct reflection on his ability to keep his job if he's coming to them and saying hey I'd like you to try out this new position I think it might be an easier sell for certain guys to give it an opportunity to give it a try and move over to those new positions and see what they can do so it sounds like at least one of the changes on the BYU coaching staff is that Kalani Satake as the head coach now is the guy who is making determinations on which guys will make positions Changes at least in spring ball, he has taken that responsibility out of the hands of guys like Ed Lamb, etc., that had it in the past. And now it's, apparently, it's at the sole discretion of Kalani Satake and I. Like I said, I think it's a good move overall for the BYU football program. All right, we'll catch up on all the other BYU sports news here in just a moment. Uh, another member of the BYU All-Decade team we need to honor. We'll get to here in just a little bit. And obviously, catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Women's golf finished up play in Southern California. We'll recap that for you in just a second here. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys, you guys have probably heard all, a bunch of the great advertisers we've had on this podcast. We have companies like Deseret First Credit Union, our good friends at All pest control. You heard Spavia earlier on in this show. Well, you probably heard them working with us on Locked On Cougars to reach sports fans, but you may not know that Locked On Cougars is a great way for your local business or product to reach passionate BYU fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, and not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with BYU Cougar fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated educated with disposable income, that's an important one, disposable income, name of the game right there, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On Cougars podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses, so text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve a Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com podcast.com slash advertising look forward to hearing from you soon and work with you here on locked on cougars Alright guys, catching up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Let's start off with women's golf. The women's golf team defeated UC Irvine 3.5 to 3.5, 3.5 to 1.5 to claim 7th place at the match play Lamkin Invitational Rancho Santa Fe California yesterday. Uh, BYU bounced back after losing their first two matches on Monday with the win on Tuesday. So congratulations to Carrie Roberts and her team on that win. They finished in 7th place there in Rancho Santa Fe and they'll look forward to the rest of their spring season. They're back in action uh, next week, February 17th and 18th, at the Rebel Beach Intercollegiate. That's February 17th and 18th in Las Vegas, Nevada. We'll keep updates for you on that as it draws a little bit closer. But best of luck to Carrie Roberts and the women's golf team as they get ready for that. They get back here to Utah and get some work in to get ready for the season ahead. And obviously, winter weather makes it tough for golf to really succeed. But I think it was a good showing for BYU despite all that in their opening match, opening tournament of the spring season. Uh, Uh, One other note for you guys is, of course, we're continuing on with our all-decade team for BYU football, looking back at the 2010s, and we're going to honor a guy, an offensive lineman that actually have personal experience trying to play against him, and I mean try is the operative word in this, and we're talking about Matt Reynolds, uh, the last of a long line of Reynolds family members who played at BYU. He started every game of his four-year career for BYU, finishing up in 2011, and I played against Matt my senior year in high school. He was obviously a senior at Timview. We played against them in the playoffs. And I have to say, even then, Matt Reynolds was a man amongst boys. He absolutely smoked me. I was a try-hard athlete, we'll put it that way, at best in high school. You could tell Matt Reynolds was destined for greatness, had a decent run in the NFL with the Kansas City Chiefs, etc. Never ultimately lived up to the hype I thought he could have had. He could have left after his junior season at BYU and probably been a top three round draft pick by most prognosticators, but decided to come back for his senior year and it ultimately hurt him because I think uh, he didn't necessarily play the best his senior year, but he was a stalwart for BYU along the the offensive line an easy selection for all all decade team for BYU football and uh, Matt Reynolds, man, the Reynolds family, hopefully the next generation is not too far behind because the Reynolds, you think of Lance Reynolds, the dad, the longtime BYU coach, uh, his sons have all put in extensive time and extensive experience into the BYU football program. And You'd like to see the next decade of Reynolds be as good to BYU as the first two generations of the Reynolds have been. We'll see what happens with that. But Matt Reynolds, an easy selection for us here on Locked on Cougars as a member of the all decade team for BYU football. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the show. Thanks again to Spavia for sponsoring the show. Give them a call if you have any needs for Valentine's Day. It's just a couple of days away here, guys, so make sure you take care of your significant other. 801-424-7566 is the number for Spavia. Make sure that your loved ones are taken care of on Valentine's Day because it's an important time and you don't want to screw it up. Thanks again for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow previewing BYU's road trip in Southern California. I had a chance to speak one-on-one with Connor Hart you'll hear that on tomorrow's edition of the podcast get you ready for that basketball game and obviously keep you up to date on everything else going on in BYU sports news like we normally do. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast for February 12th, 2020 and we will talk to you tomorrow.